cheaper than our producer's underage sister, edgier than the stuff shown on late night television. Newer than Kim Kardashian's ex, live from Orlando, it's Crazy Train Radio. WCW champion and general manager of Friday Night SmackDown. You listen to Crazy Train Radio. Now, can't you dig that, sucker? Hey, hey folks. Got, got another great WWE Hall of Famer on the line. We are actually able to get through thanks to his publisher. Uh, which, speaking of which, the book is Booker T, From Prison to Promise, Life Before the Squared Circle. Booker, what's going on? Oh, man, another day in paradise. Good, good. Well, before we uh, talk about the book and your career and everything else, first thing I've got to ask you, how's your arm holding up? We know you had surgery recently for it. Yeah, yeah, my elbow, um, I had a torn tricep. Um, something I, I, that I... Uh, it had been nagging me for about a year, actually. And um, finally, it was just time to get it uh, fixed after the Hall of Fame. I did a spinner on stage, and I think that was the uh, straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> and um, I had to go in and uh, get it uh, fixed up. I never realized how many years, I mean, over the years, that you know, how many times I had to use that elbow, you know, for the spinner on But that night on, on that hardwood floor, you know, it took me back to my childhood. Well, it- did, did you joke around and say, hey, Vince, being a SmackDown general manager, hey, Vince, uh, does this count for uh, uh, insurance and all injury on the job? Or <laughs> Actually, you know, the company paid for everything. You know, they made sure they took care of me. Um, it's actually um, uh, you know, a great thing. You know, WWE is for their wellness policy. I mean, they really have stepped up as far as taking care of the talent. So um, I just feel uh, pretty fortunate. There you go. Uh, well, obviously, well, how long do you think you're uh, going to be off the road uh, from doing your uh, GM uh, gig? Um, well, um, well um, I just got my uh, my my, uh, my stitches out um, just yesterday, and um, and I should have my brace off in the next two weeks. So um, hopefully, I'll be back to work within the next couple of weeks. My money in the bank, um, that would be great. Um, um, see the return of uh, Rob Van Dam, you know what I mean? So um, I'm looking forward to hopefully uh, making it back by money in the bank. Uh, that definitely for sure because uh, obviously I know I was talking to you on Monday when we got this finally set up uh, privately off the air and I'm from Philly so it'd be nice to see you in town for sure but actually let's jump into the book a little bit at first uh, yeah. this is obviously like I said uh, talks about your career before you really get into wrestling and your heyday and all uh, with this book what is the biggest thing you think fans can take from reading this um, you know, it's very, very simple. Um, you know, you know, you read the book, you um, see the life of Booker T. You know, it wasn't, you know, a life with a silver spoon or anything like that. Um, trials and tribulations, struggles. Um, if Booker T can make it, anybody can. You know, um, when you when you look at it from from uh, from that perspective, you know, I'm having, you know, so many uh, strikes against him, so many um, potholes to you know um, go around and still to make it, you know, to the level that. That he did, it's, it's possible for anybody, especially other guys who have gone down that road, who have gotten in trouble, 
who may not be uh, bad kids, but just may have been caught up in um, certain circumstances and uh, see, hey, man, um, I need to make a change. That's pretty much what it's about. Uh, well, what can you tell me about, obviously, you go in-depth in the book, but how? what can you say about, a, I should say, the South Park section that you had grown up? And since you're still a Houston guy, has that neighborhood changed at all? Yeah, it's changed a whole lot. It's gotten a lot worse. <laughs> um, growing up in South Park, you know, it wasn't. A, I tell you, when I grew up, I man, it wasn't. A, you know, gangs wasn't as prevalent as they are now. You know, but everybody, you know, we had our cliques. And um, my, myself, um, I had you know maybe three or four friends um, that I hung out with, and that's that's the one thing um, I always uh, talk to kids about when I go and speak. You know, um, how easy it is to get caught up in that whirlwind, um, how how peer pressure can drive you in, in the wrong directions, you know. And I think that was my problem right there. Uh, you know, uh, of course, uh, it was a lot of um, avenues, a lot of ways to get in trouble. But I think peer pressure following someone instead of stepping up and being a leader is um, what got me in a whole lot of trouble. Jake, uh, you said you had a question there. Uh, was losing your parents sort of like a negative influence within your whole youth and growing up? Um, I, you know, losing my parents, um, losing my father at 10 months old, I really don't remember that, you know what I mean? So I wouldn't say that had um, an influence at all. Um, losing my mother, you know, at um, age 13, you know, close to 14 years old, definitely um, it affected me um, in a sense to where um, I really didn't know, um, you know, um, what was going to happen after that? Um, you know, everybody else had parents um, at that point. I mean, all of my friends um, had parents. I'm sure there was orphan kids in the world, but um, um, but but I, I had to see uh, life from a whole different perspective at that point. And uh, I totally rebelled. Um, I lost focus on on a whole lot of things because I thought I was going to go and stay with my brother, as you're going to read in the book, and um, that didn't happen. So um, after that happened. Um, I really didn't care about school. I didn't care about living. I didn't. I didn't care if I lived to be 25. Um, and, and and definitely, um, I went into a downward spiral. Well, speaking of that, and how, what kind of relationship? Obviously, we know your brother, who most people know as Stevie Ray. Uh, how much of an influence was he with you, even now as adults? Well, um, my brother was always my hero uh, when I was coming up as a kid. Um, he could do no wrong. Um, but, but one thing um, we got to realize and understand as well, uh, my brother was a young man himself. He was a kid in the sense himself, you know, um, when my mother passed, you know what I mean? So he, he couldn't take care of me. I mean, he could have, but, I mean, it was just as hard on him, uh, I think, uh, as it was on the rest of our family. But um, after I came home from prison, um my brother was there for me. I mean, he was the uh, structure in my life that gave me that that one thing that I needed to, to make it to the next level, and that was extending his hand and saying, hey, I'm going to help you out and help you find a job, but you know, no matter what that job is, do it to the best of your ability, you know, and if you can do that, I'll help you, you know, and um, just that right there, those words uh, uh, and him believing in me, uh, you know, gave me a, a little bit more of what I needed to you know, um, go forward, you know, so definitely my brother, been my hero since I was a kid, and um, I think he'll always be that in some sense. Well, how much of this, uh, it, obviously going to prison and everything in the book here, uh, life lessons that you honestly have learned, how, how, do you, how do you think it has shaped you as a father, 
uh, three kids yourself now? Oh, man. Uh, you know, I'm more, I think it shaped me I'm a, as a man uh, more than anything. Um, um, stepping up to the plate and taking care of your kids is uh, first and foremost. When I came from prison, my son was in foster care. And, uh, you know, his mother was on drugs. And uh, I was a young man myself, and I had to make a decision from that point whether I was going to be a man or whether I was going to be a boy and when I go out and hang out and party with my friends and, and whatnot. So I made the decision, you know, go and get full custody of my son, single parent, um, 28, you know, four years old. And uh, it made, you know, it made, it made me who I am today. Losing my parents at a young age, um, I don't think um, – uh, of course, um, it's, it's something that we we never wish on uh, on anyone, but um, I I can honestly tell you that it uh, made me see um, and how, how special it, it really is to be there uh, for your kids. I got twins now um, that be three years old in August, you know, so I got a thirty one year old and now I got three year olds, and um, it's still uh, more important, just as important for me to be there for them in uh, in, uh, in every way, shape, form, or fashion. Uh, well. Last question on the personal side with this as well. Uh, do you know? Do you enjoy it now more with the, the twins than you were able to with your older son Brandon? Well, um, I'm more um, I'm more experienced now. I know what life means. I know um, you know how, how, how really important it really really is um, to be there in every way. You know, I thought I was there for my my son Brandon in every way. Um, that I possibly could have, but in, in retrospect and hindsight, you look at it, I really wasn't there because, uh, as much as I should have, because I was on the road. I was trying to, you know, make a life for us. Uh, for us, I, I was trying to make sure he had a roof over his head and, and clothes on his back. And, but I realized, you know, this many years later, a lot of that stuff wasn't as important as actually being there. And that's why I'm so fortunate right now um, to be there for my 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 twins. You know, on a weekly basis, I'm at home five days a week. And they're going to be able to see um, um, every, you know, see me on a regular basis as well as I'm going to be able to see that growth in them every day. So um, definitely, um, it's totally a different, different thing. Well, I guess uh, I'm assuming you and uh, Brandon have, you know, now that he's a grown man, that you guys have been able to have conversations and everything is good now. Well, everything is not as good as it could be. You know what I mean? Um, I think there's still um, some resentment there um, on his part from. Uh, in some ways, and there's a lot of resentment uh, on my on my half, um, as well as Brandon go um, as well. And you read that in the book as well, because my sons uh, somewhat took a similar road um, that I did, a road that I tried so hard to uh, steer away from. Well, obviously, like you said, there's a uh, a lot of those stories in the book, which actually we had heard from uh, the publisher and a few other people. Uh, maybe you can confirm it. You're actually working on a second book. Yeah, actually, I'm working on my wrestling book. You know, everybody all um, has been, um, you know, clamoring. You know, actually, when when is wrestling book coming out? I mean, they've got this story now. They want to, you know, hear about the wrestling story. You know, uh, of course, I always want to give that that side as well. But I want to let everyone see exactly where Booker T came from, so they can understand. You know, um, you know what drove me um, to become who I was in the in, in the business and the sports entertainment business, all that stuff that I went through as a kid, um, it drove me to become the person who I am today, um, you know, uh, and, the, and the person that I've become. Well, uh, obviously, if we can for a few minutes, let's jump into the wrestling side of things, uh, Booker. Obviously, like you said, your brother was there from jump, but 
what it was his idea from what I had read in the book here, his idea to say, let's try this wrestling thing out. Actually, it, it wasn't the let's try this thing out. He was like, how'd you like to try it out? You know what I mean? It was something that he was going to do regardless. Um, but then again, there's my brother, my big brother looking out for me and want to see me, you know, um, do something else positive as well. Um, he asked me if I wanted to try it. And of course, um, you know, him being my brother and me wanting to follow him just like uh, I did when I was a kid, I said, yeah, I, I would love to try it. Um, guy actually um, that I was working for sponsored me to go to wrestling school. And, uh, you know, pretty much the rest is history. But, um, it was a dream that my brother, I think, had from, um, when he was a little, little, little boy. Jake, uh, you just, uh, sent me a message saying you had something as well. Yeah, and no, I'll put Were, uh, you and your brother, uh, big fans of wrestling growing up? Or was it until, you know, later on when he decided, okay, I'm going to wrestling school that you became a fan? No, I mean, we've always watched wrestling. I mean, I know the history of wrestling. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm not like one of those guys who just got in it, you know, and, you know, it was fun and, you know, I uh, stuck with it. No, I know the history of wrestling uh, from way back in the day um, here in Houston Wrestling. Uh, I know the a promoter by the name of Paul Bosch, and um, he promoted wrestling. He was a wrestler back in the day as well. I wear the ring of Paul Bosch, um, the, the big gold diamond ring that I wear. Um, it's the ring of Paul Bosch. Um, so um, definitely I know the history of it. I've definitely studied it. Um, definitely I knew all of the, the good wrestlers um, that was uh, back in the day uh, when I was watching that as a kid. I knew which ones made the most money. I knew which ones was the best wrestlers. I knew which guys was the guy that was just going to get beat up every week. You know, so um, I knew which, which guy I wanted to be as well. <laughs> well, uh, what's that? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, there, uh, Jake. Uh, Booker, we, how long would you say it took to go f- into WCW from the time you started training? Um, I was in WCW within two years. Okay, and did you notice when you when they because they used to have the expression of where the big boys play there for during the time you were there? Did it really seem like that within the two years? Wow, how quickly you were in the big league, so to say. Well, I know it's totally abnormal to make it, uh, you know, to the big leagues that quick, you know, especially coming from, you know, not second generation, not knowing anybody, uh, you know, not having any buddies in the business or anything. I know it's pretty relatively quick um, to make it, but I always felt like, uh, you know, when I first got in the wrestling ring, it was deja vu. It was always like a place that I've been, you know, my whole life, but I had never been. It came so easy for me. I always knew that I was going to, you know, um, make it. I never knew how big I would become, of course, but I always knew I was going to make it. Um, I, I would sit at home and watch wrestling on television, and I knew I was better than, you know, um, a lot of those guys, you know, and I had never took a lesson, you know, so um, you know, um, when, when I first got into it, when my brother and I would first got into it, we would do, uh, you know, high school and stuff like that, and, you know, and I was GI bro, and the, the fans would go crazy, and I, and I really didn't know why. Even still to this day, um, it's really hard for me to fathom. But I knew I had something. I knew I found, you know, my niche in life, and um, I knew I wasn't going to let it go. And um, so I just, you know, tried my my hardest to, you know, put myself in a really, really good position to make it. And um, that 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 where my brother came in the in the play again, you know, as far as him getting a try in the Global Wrestling Federation, and then me following him down there. And then the next day, you know, we become the Ebony Experience, you know, a tag team. 
you know, you know, that really made a huge mark in the Dallas area, you know. So, so it's just all about uh, being in the right place at the right time and, and finding, you know, your niche. And I finally found my niche. And uh, about the Harlem Heat name, if you and Stevie were from Houston, how come you guys aren't called Houston Heat instead of Harlem Heat? You know, again, it does get, you know, really, really hot in Houston. Um, you know, yesterday it was 97 degrees. <laughs> um, you know, but but um, when my brother and I, um, you know, was coming up, you know, we always watched uh, a lot of black movies. Um, one of them was um, Shaft. <clears throat> um, Shaft was always uh, based out of uh, New York. Um, another movie called Cotton Comes to Harlem. Uh, we used to watch all the time, you know, when we were a kid, when we were kids. And, and, and it always just seemed tougher um, coming from a place like Harlem. So that's why we adopted Harlem instead of Houston, just because it sounded tougher. No other reason. <laughs> Alright, okay. uh, favorite team, who would it uh, be? Whether it's Holland Nash or the Steiners? Um, favorite uh tag team, uh, uh definitely had a lot of fun matches, uh, with the Steiners of course, you know, but um probably our all time uh, rivals uh would be the Nasty Boys, you know what I mean? I mean, it wasn't the greatest um, you know, run of all times or anything. Uh, I mean, it was rough and it was bumpy. It was a little sloppy a lot of times, but uh had a whole lot of fun uh, working with the Nasties. Well, Booker, uh, obviously, you know, after you guys split up, you and your brother, your brother did his thing. You start to have a, su- a successful singles career, obviously. Uh, towards the end of WCW, you ended up having countless titles and ended up winning the heavyweight title the last night of Nitro. Was it truly disorganized there, and did it still mean something to you to win that title on that last night there? Uh, you know, definitely it was disorganized, uh, to say the least. Uh, but did it mean something to me to win the championship on the, the final night? I mean, of course, you know. I mean, you got you to gotta look at where I started at in WCW, at the toll at the bottom of the, you know, um, the bottom rung. Uh, and then to make, you know, my way all the way to the top rung to, you know, the final uh, match in WCW is Booker T holding up the United States champion as well as the World Heavyweight Championship. You know, um, no, you know, nothing could ever take that away from me. Nothing could ever tarnish that uh, for me because, um, like I say, I know where I came from and how hard I really worked, um, you know, to get to that position, not ever knowing you know, would I ever make it to that point? I'm not ever thinking that the company would put me in that position. But, you know, uh, by the grace of God and the fans uh, wanting to see Booker T in that position, uh, they made it happen, you know. So I'm definitely, uh, it's definitely something that I'm going to carry with me uh, for the rest of my life um, because um, it really uh, was a special moment um, for me in every uh, form of that. Well, when you went over to WWE and, Obviously, they will fast forward towards the end there. But a lot of people had said when you first made the transition over to WWE that you had seemed to be easily buried because you were, quote, unquote, WCW talent. And when you had that uh, run-in with The Rock, it's like, who were you? Like that kind of uh, interaction. What was it about you that was able to overcome that and become even bigger in the WWE? Uh, well, because first of all, I got no ego. <laughs> I know it's wrestling. Uh, it's entertainment. Uh, I don't uh, take it serious by any means other than that. Uh, when I went to WWE, 
um, you know, I had done it all. I had, you know, um, rose to the top of the company in WCW. Now, um, I couldn't uh, be uh, realistic and think that I was going to be able to take all that success with me over to WWE um, just because of the rivalry that they've had for so many years. So I had to, um, I had to go over there and I had to prove myself to those guys, um, not just the uh, management and staff, but um, uh, all of my peers. I had to prove myself to those guys that I was worthy enough to be a part of, you know, uh, that roster. Those guys worked really, really hard. Those guys were tireless, uh, tirelessly, uh, countless hours, you know, on the road, um, you know, um, beating the bang the pavement. And um, I had to prove myself that I was willing to be a part of that first and foremost in order in order to make it. You know, I had to prove um, that I could make it in the locker room um, first and foremost um, before those guys were going to accept me. So I didn't go to WWE except, um, expecting that those guys are just going to um, accept me with open arms. And I think that was the, um, uh, the best thing that I could have done. Well, would you say, because obviously most fans, as far as the wrestling genre is concerned, uh, would you say a fellow local near you would be the hardest to uh, earn his respect as far as The Undertaker? I'll say that one more time. I'm sorry. Do you think that a fellow Houston area native, The Undertaker, roster-wise, was probably the hardest to earn his respect? You know, honestly, uh, he was the first person who came up to me and gave me advice. You know, uh, so it wasn't hard at all. Um, um, just going over there and working and uh, showing what kind of person I was, showing my character, uh, I think is what uh, you know made me succeed in, in WWE. Um, uh, people knowing what kind of person I am, stand-up guy. Um, my word is my reputation. Um, I, I've never been one of those guys who uh, who powered down. Um, um, to pressure or anything like that. I've always been one of the guys who stepped right up to it and looked at um, dead in the eye. You know, um, no matter what, uh, um, in this business, the worst thing that um, someone could ever do to me was fire me. Um, and I always felt like my talent, you know, was going to prevail um, through any of that. Well, obviously, you know, fast forward, you went through TNA with your wife after the King gimmick in WWE. You come back home, so to say, which was this year's WrestleMania theme. First as a commentator, now the GM, and also the Hall of Fame. Can you talk about and uh, sum that up, that part of the return home, so to say, to WWE? You know, um, it just um, it just goes to the volume of work that I put in and respect that I've, I've seen to have gone, in, you know, over the years. Um, not just from, you know, the, like I say, the wrestlers, but the staff and. You know the you know the boss you know Vince McMahon. I really appreciate him for you know giving me the opportunity to still be a part of um, something that I love to do so much. Um, of course, um, we all time time passes, and we all got to think about you know what's next. And uh, what's next for me is I'm um, still being a part of the business, still being a part of um, what I love to do, still being able to give back and um, you know um, show these young guys what it's going to take for them to one day be uh, future Hall of Famers, you know, go out there and have those great matches that they can look back on and say, man, I remember that. You know, uh, man, I, I, you know, that, that, that's what, that's where I'm at right now. I'm, I'm totally content with um, this stage of the, the game that I'm in right now, uh, not being a, a in-ring performer I'm out there, you know, I'm living for the roar of the crowd. Uh, I'm so glad that I'm, I've grown up and um, I, I know exactly what it means to be a man and uh, and uh, pass the torch, you know. So right now, um, I really can't say that this is the best part 
of my wrestling career uh, to enjoy the fruits of, of, of the labor that I've put in for so many years. Well, speaking of the young kids, uh, real quick, you actually still run a promotion down in uh, Houston area, correct? Yeah, I still have my wrestling promotion, Reality of Wrestling. Uh, you can check it out at realityofwrestling.com. Um, of course, you can check out um, what, what's happening with my wrestling school um, as well um, um, on realityofwrestling.com. You know, so we're just um, I'm just trying to produce, find the next uh, the next uh, superstars of wrestling as well as uh, you know create other um, stuff uh, for myself. You know, I'm doing other shows um, that I'm putting together and just trying to uh, trying to be more than just a uh, you know wrestler uh, per se. Well, we had one fan question that came in before we let you go. And obviously, it has to do with uh, your WWE tenure currently. Working with Teddy Long, what can you tell us about Teddy? Because he just seems like a character in a half. <laughs> you know, I've been with Teddy for many, many years now. Teddy, uh, I, uh, almost 20 years now, Teddy and I have been together in some form. And Teddy's the ultimate survivor. Um, to come from WCW back in the day when he was in the era that he was in, uh, of course, which was uh, before me, and um, to still be there today, um, going strong, you know, uh, definitely. Um, he's a guy that I look at um, for for mentorship. You know, uh, he's a guy that I look at uh, with with uh, you know a high uh, form of respect, um, and he's a guy that um, hopefully um, I could be like in some form. Teddy uh, has had like a ten year tenure as a uh, you know general manager and now assistant GM. You know, and I'm hoping now I can last as long as he did. <laughs> well, well, we can, and I know Booker can testify to this. Dealt with uh, Teddy on a social level on a couple of occasions in the Northeast here. Teddy, and we won't throw Teddy under the bus completely, but what an entertaining guy and the stories he has. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I mean, let me tell you, Teddy got so many stories. I mean, because he worked with so many guys and he's seen so many different forms. I mean, Teddy has been in this game now for, I guess, close to 30 years. And he's seen so many different um, changes of the way the business is being run, you know. So um, definitely, um, Teddy got a lot of yeah, you you look at the guy and you're going, there's no effing way that happened. And he, he's dead serious. Well, Booker, thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of your day. Go back to those running around kids. The book is From Prison of Promise, Life Before the Squared Circle. Well, when is the next book you expected to come out? Um, man, sometime in 14, um, I'm not sure, we don't have an exact date um, right now, but I'm um, definitely could be looking at 4 to 14, uh, maybe around SummerSlam, some, something like that, maybe. Is that going to uh, be a WWE but, uh, book, or are you going to do it out on your own as well, again? Uh, it's um, through Medallion as well. Uh, Medallion and I, we have a really, really good relationship. And I had a relationship with Medallion before I came back to WWE, so WWE was really uh, on board about just letting me um, continue uh, finishing the project. So. Um, Unfortunate, unfortunate in so many different ways. For Prisoner Thomas Booker, thank you so much. Oh, thank you.